This week is go time to play Daily Fantasy on Yahoo Sports. Yahoo is offering a free-to-enter baseball contest for the Ringer listeners with $5,000 in total cash prizes, no deposit needed. Go to yahoo.com slash ringer starting this afternoon and submit your 10-man baseball lineup by Friday, July 1st at 7 p.m. Eastern. The top 1,000 finishers will all get paid, and the overall winner will take home $1,000. Yahoo Sports Daily Fantasy is helping to level the playing field for sports fans with strict contest entry limits and veteran labels for highly experienced players so you know who you're playing against. Visit yahoo.com slash ringer now for a free entry and compete to win a share of $5,000. show. My name is Mallory Rubin, deputy editor of TheRinger.com, an absolutely delightful website that we would love for you to check out and then check out again and again and again. And today I am joined by delightful human being and even better writer, Michael Bauman. Hello, Michael. Hello. That's a a nice backhanded compliment. Uh, It just means you're a bad person, but I like you. I know. That's Um, that is. (laughs) How are you? I'm doing all right. Good. Uh, So last week, we talked about the all-stars of our hearts, right? Not the people we're, we're going to vote for necessarily on the ballot this year, though perhaps. Not necessarily the guys who are the best, though perhaps. But the guys who we, for whatever reason, cherish and adore more than the vast majority of baseball fans do. And we focused on hitters. Today we're going to do part two. We're going to talk about pitchers. We're going to each give basically our, our, our starting five uh, and then a couple relievers. And then, you know, we might... We might talk about some pitching coach manager action at the end we'll see um so let's just get right to it man you want to you want to get started with your first starting pitcher uh yeah um so my first guy off the board is somebody who i've picked as a sleeper for the cy young award i think every year since he was a rookie and uh he has failed me every single time but i keep coming back like an idiot and that's uh uh, Yankees pitcher Nathan Eovaldi. Ah, yes. Um, I, you know, for the uh, position players, I had a thing for small, scrappy guys. Like, this is less so now. Now I just, I like guys who throw hard. And uh, Eovaldi is not a, a huge guy. He's only about six foot two, but he's built solidly. Got one of the hardest fastballs uh, in the major leagues and started to add a sinker last year. And, uh, you know, I thought he was going to be, I thought he was going to be, if not an ace, then a, you know, a solid number two. And it has just not happened, but there's nothing that he can do to make me stop loving him. I, I just admire your commitment. I really do. I really I'm extremely it. loyal. Beautiful. It's beautiful and very touching. Um, my, my first guy is someone who I have for a long time called my favorite non-Oriole. That's Jordan Zimmerman. That was an easier label to assign to him when he was in the National League. You know, now he's he's on an American League team. The Tigers and the Orioles have, you know, met in the playoffs recently. It's hard, a little harder to root for him, but you know what? I don't care because I still love him. When he signed his five-year, $110 million contract this offseason, it was, it was really one of the first notable free agency dominoes to fall, I said that I thought it was going to be at the end of it ultimately proved to be the best deal of the offseason. Now, when I say I said that, I want to be clear. I didn't publish this on the internet. I said it to friends and family via email and text message, but I thought it. That's the point. I thought it and I believed in it and I still do. I believe um, you. Zimmerman. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. I, I, I don't believe in that trust. prediction anymore, but, uh, no, but as long as you believe in me, that's all that yeah. matters. Um, Zimmerman is 
not a strikeout guy, right? He's not he's not flashy. And so he has never wowed people in the way that baseball's fun, exciting flamethrowers do. But he's solid, man, and I appreciate solid. I do. I appreciate it. And I appreciate solid enough to draft him every single year in fantasy baseball. I have owned Jordan Zimmerman every year in fantasy baseball. His his FIP is basically always in the mid threes a couple years ago it was in the in the, in the twos but it's usually in the mid threes he's not a true ace right i'm not going to claim that he's a true ace but he's reliable he's steady he's a workhorse led the league in starts last year and has hit or topped 32 starts four years in a row and he can occasionally be great right this he did throw a no hitter he's very mm-hmm. unassuming i i like his kind of general vibe and he is even though he is not that t- true top tier upper crust he is really good right so he's been at the top 15 in war according to Fangraphs, since 2013 which i don't think that many casual baseball fans would realize or that many people would, would, would credit him for and i guess the best way that i can sum up why i love him is that he's he's essentially the exact kind of pitcher i wish the orioles had had in recent years the dependably solid guy who's always going to be good maybe occasionally great and is going to be easy, very easy to root for i considered putting zimmerman on my list but i knew that you'd have him covered so <laughs> <laughs> that was uh same thing that for, went into same, same thing for me and evaldi i was like Mike, mike's got this I'm oh yeah like, this. you know some of these are are extremely obvious and uh yeah i the thing i like about zimmerman is that for he had a couple year run of like I don't I must have watched him pitch, I don't know, 10, 15 times a year uh, during his time with Washington. And I don't remember any of it. But at the end of the at the end of the season, I would just look back. Oh, yeah, he's better than Strasburg. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Who's, uh, who's I thought like the you know, he's a kind of pitcher you wanted for the Orioles. I thought guys who don't strike anything out. That's kind of Oh come on now. OK, All right. don't, don't, well, don't be my, rude. My next guy is also somewhat surprisingly not striking anybody out, and that's Marcus Stroman. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So my like every he he was popular because he's you know he's short and he throws hard, and uh, he was on that extremely fun Blue Jays team last year. And he's sort of weird not only because because of his size, but because he wears a single digit uh, uniform number, which is very very strange for a pitcher, but. Uh, during that um, game five of the uh, ALDS last year, the contrast between him and Cole Hamels was just extremely cool to me. Like Hamels was was just so just so unbothered by everything. Like you know, he just throw. He's got this, this easy, smooth delivery. He's you know just working fastball, change up, and uh, you know he turns around, watches his fielders make the play, and he's like, yeah, all right. And, you know, occasionally he'd turn around and and say something to to his infielders and Stroman was like coming out of his skin on every single pitch. He was hopping around the mound. He does this thing. Jordana Ventura does this too, where he lets the, the ball go sometimes and then like sticks his arms out and leans back on his, on his left foot and like kicks his, uh, his right leg up in the air, like the karate kid. And like, you know, like that's what he does when he wants like the extra oomph on the pitch. And like all that is, is just I, I loved watching him get so involved in the game and he's kind of sucked this year and I don't care. You know, he'll he'll be good again soon. 
Um, here's the thing. And I, I just, I have to say it because Tate is here with us. He went to Duke. Duke guy. <laughs> that, that doesn't mean anything for baseball, though. It means everything for everything, Michael. It's Duke. Come Duke on. Duke is his, no. no this I, is love, Duke I, is... I, I, lo- I love Mark Stroman, too. I'm just kidding. That, that was all for, all for Tate's benefit, you know. Tate is our boy. We gotta we gotta always always bring up uh, Tate's. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you know we can talk about we can. great North Carolina baseball players like Dustin Ackley. Yeah, if, <laughs> wow. if Tate wants to. Kyle Seeger. You should see the fire coming out of his <laughs> eyes right now. Holy shit! All right, next guy on my list is uh, Trevor Bauer, who is delightful. And Michael, it's happening. It's finally happening, right? I, I think that. You know this as well as anyone. Uh, I think I've assigned a this is Trevor Bauer season piece every single year since he got drafted, uh, including to you. And I think right now this is Trevor Bauer season and I'm pumped about it. You know, I really am. A lot of people for a long time have held his weird pregame ritual against him, including his former team, of course, the Diamondbacks. And they say that he's he's too deep in his own head. He's he's too weird can't hang with the rhythm and the routine of like conventional baseball but th- it's it's one of the main reasons that i love him you know i love the fact that he has character i love the fact that he's weird i love the fact that he knows who he is and isn't gonna let an organization tell him to be someone else he's unconventional he's unique and i think baseball is more fun when there are more characters in it he wore boxing gloves in the dugout last season when the indians played the royals because the team said previously engaged in a, this will shock you, Jordano Ventura-centric brawl. He owns three cats, which... Okay, I I was wondering, like, I I, I didn't expect Trevor Bauer to show up, because he's on my list, too. Of course. But I didn't didn't know about the cats. So, yeah, he he has three cats, and he's really really proud of it. He once tweeted uh, at Intentional Talk, like, basically, like, I I have three cats, and I much prefer them to dogs. And I was just like, this is is just amazing. And you know what else is amazing, Michael? (laughs) His stuff. He's really, really talented. He's always struggled with the walks. I, I, he, he led the AL in walks last year, but he has electric swing and miss stuff, and he's so fun to watch. Why yeah, don't you tell yeah. me why you love him since he's on well, your list it's, as well? Uh, there's, there's a lot of overlap. There's a thing I wrote uh, last year about um, how I – like essentially the first thing he did when he turned pro was to tell his team, fuck you. I know better, (laughs) which I just like, I love that. Like I can identify with, with someone who thinks that, but just, you know, to be able to, to say that as a 20 year old straight out of college was, uh, like, like this kid's, he's going to be interesting if, if nothing else. And the, the gist of that piece was like, I don't know if this is going to work for him, but I think baseball is better off for him trying it. And uh, there was the drone incident at spring training. Um, let's see what else was there. The drone incident. Yeah, he was flying a, <laughs> so flying a drone around the Indian spring training. What, a, what an amazing human being. Yeah. I mean, it's. I, I love the... I, I just really enjoy that he thinks he's smarter than everybody else. And he might actually be smarter than everybody else. Right. And, you know, that's uh, that plays into it, too. Now, a quick word from our sponsor, SeatGeek. Buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long time. It's always been hard to find the best deal for that game or show you want to go to. And none of those older ticket sites want to change that. But SeatGeek is different. They've come along and created an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. 
SeatGeek is always the first place I go to look for tickets to a game or concert. For example, my beloved Baltimore Orioles will be in town right here in LA to face the Dodgers on July 4th, and I am going to use SeatGeek to try to find a ticket. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and I just used it the other day to start looking at those O's tickets. Everything about SeatGeek is designed to make life easier for sports and music fans. With SeatGeek, you'll never need to waste time checking prices on other ticket sites. SeatGeek does that for you by pulling all the tickets available on other sites into one place so you save time and never miss a deal. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals to fit your budget. Best of all, Ringer MLB show listeners get a $20 rebate for their first SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the free SeatGeek app, go to the setting tab and click add a promo code, enter promo code RINGERMLB, and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code RINGERMLB today. My next guy is Chris Archer, just a a gem of a human being and a gem of a baseball player. I think it's fair to say, right, that if Chris Archer didn't play for the Rays, he would be, like, legitimately famous because everything about him is wonderful. But because he plays for the Rays, I am comfortable saying that I love him more than most people, mostly because his profile just isn't big enough to allow most people to love him. Um, You know, he's, he's not having a great season this year, but I still cherish him. His hair absolutely phenomenal his socks just so Mm -hmm. on point i would say dope but i know that you're uh you're you're struggling with your feelings about the word dope right now so i I won't use it no i'm i'm in on dope now this i've got i've got dope or or not dope in my column now read the lineup on on the ringer.com and see dope or not dope i'm in on dope you're in all right wonderful he has so much charisma and charm when the Rays, when he did the Rays Snapchat takeover during spring training, he like went out of his way to taunt a kid in the crowd who was wearing a Red Sox hat, which I just found absolutely delightful. Mm-hmm. Last season, there was that great video floating around of the Mariners fan who blew him a kiss when he was in the dugout, and he like made this just amazing face and then caught the kiss and threw it away. <laughs> what a guy. What a guy. And then, you know, when it comes to actual baseball, his stuff is filthy. Our man Ben Limberg wrote a great Grantland piece last season about how Archer had had leveled up thanks to making a slider a featured pitch. And the results have been uh, just no joke. I mean, even in a down season this year, he's still leading the American League in strikeouts per nine innings. I, I love him. So you left out. I think two key parts of the the Chris Archer resume and like so I'll mention first he did TV during the playoffs last year because God knows the Rays have nothing to do during October and uh, he was just really excellent in a way that um, that current ball players just tend to I you know I TV analysts uh, who are former players um, can get kind of lazy and condescending at the same time. And Archer was neither of those things, which is uh, a refreshing change of pace. The other thing is when the Rays played in Cuba this spring, uh, the players were, uh, were greeting president Obama and, uh, and his wife uh, who were seated behind home plate. And they're sort of going down the line and Chris Archer shakes the president's hand and goes over to the first lady and starts flirting outrageously with her. 
And uh, I think that, you know, that just shows the, the confidence and charisma that's necessary to hit on the, the wife of the leader of the free world uh, a king. while he's right there. So, that, you know, the only reason he's not on my list is like I've got a list of five or six guys who I absolutely love, but I felt like were too beloved by everybody else for it to make a difference. But, you know, I, I obviously love Chris Archer as well. He's, uh, he's absolutely wonderful. All right. So that means that this is number four for me coming yes. up. And this should also be not surprising at all. And uh, if you're playing the Ringer MLB show drinking game, <laughs> this is going to be bad because this segment's going to start with, I've loved this guy since I saw him in college. Um, and that's Carlos Rodon. Uh, yes. he, <clears throat> he is the, the owner of... Uh, what was at the time the best amateur slider I've ever seen. There's a great gif uh, on fan graphs of him pitching against some poor bastard from Presbyterian College and just making him literally fall over in the batter's box <laughs> with a, a back foot slider. Uh, he occasionally has a great mustache. He's another guy who's got uh, who knows how to have fun. Um, he has been on the, the Cespedes family barbecue podcast, <laughs> which takes, I, I think a little better sense of humor than the most pro ball players have. Um, I thought that he was the number one player in that draft with, uh, with Brady Aiken and Kyle Schwarber and, uh, you know, a couple other guys who, who might come up, um, uh, later on this podcast. And I think he's got, he's got ace potential and, uh, by inclusion of Carlos Rodon. And in, in fact, when he was at NC State, I started using Rodon as an adjective meaning good. <laughs> so this is, I, I guess, pretty predictable. Uh, I, I came really close to putting him on my list, but again, knew that you were almost definitely going to have him on yours and, and wanted, yeah. to, uh, wanted to, to, to diversify. So um, it will not be long before he is on that list of guys who were too beloved by baseball totally. in general. It'll be an exciting moment, though, when that happens. And, you know, uh, look, when you pitch behind Chris Sale, I mean, look at look at Jose Quintana. Like a lot of people mm-hmm. don't realize how how awesome he is just because he isn't Chris Sale. I mean, that, that, that's definitely one of the perils of pitching behind one of the best pitchers uh on, on the planet um so, sort of a slightly similar thing happening to the next guy on my list though not to the same extent carlos martinez first of all let's let's talk about nicknames um around around these parts we call him little pedro baseball reference of course identifies his his proper nickname as the tsunami and that is partially because his actual twitter handle is tsunami 27 which is just awesome um, okay. Speaking Since of you Twitter, brought up his Twitter, we're uh, gonna speaking okay. of Twitter. Okay, we are going there. Okay. I I would be remiss <laughs> if I did not mention the infamous wall of vaginas, which is what Just. put Carlos Martinez on a lot of people's radar in the first place. Let, let's talk about this for a minute. Unbelievable! <laughs> One of the best thing that's ever happened in the in just recorded human history. He was favoriting just basically just a, a lot of porn right and creating a wall Bucket of vaginas loads of porn. unimaginable <laughs> quantities of porn i didn't realize right? he didn't realize like, that people could see that he was wow. doing this and like i'm i just 
I just want to hug him like like just like oh buddy like you need to know that like you need to know that people can see your favorites so, so maybe don't great. maybe favorite things other than porn oh my god well, oh. I, I say I say be you Carlos I say be you you know who didn't say be you though his team the yeah, Cardinals the St. They were like, Louis Cardinals you can't do this this is embarrassing please stop and it was lame that is, but he's that wonderful. is not that is not the best wall of porn in baseball <laughs> Is that your next piece? Power ranking the best walls. <laughs> the of porn best in walls of porn. I think Hideki Matsui runs uh, away yeah, with the uh, no doubt with That's, the best wall of porn. He, he's in, baseball. In, a, in, a, in a class by himself, though. Yeah. Um, so I, I honestly think that is reason enough to, to love and celebrate Carlos Martinez. But if we want, we can talk about his actual merits as a baseball player. Uh, the, the stuff has always been there it just took him a little bit of time to figure it out a part of that was going back and forth between the, the bullpen and the rotation but when he finally stuck in the rotation last year he broke out in a big way he had a phenomenal season part of that was figuring out how to use his tremendous changeup. and uh, actually speaking of Lindbergh who we mentioned earlier he also wrote a good piece looking at that how the changeup had helped Martinez um he the reason I I, I said that it's sort of maybe similar in a way to the sale the sale situation is that Carlos Martinez is not Adam Wainwright and he's also not Michael Waka who is I think not as good but is no, definitely no way he's as good. definitely more famous which is is weird and a little bit lame um so Martinez doesn't get nearly as much attention as he should because of who his rotation mates are and how high profile they are but I think he's definitely the most fun and arguably the best yeah, there are two things um, that <laughs> I feel like also uh, bear mentioning. One is uh, a really nice uh, gesture when um, yes, absolutely uh, when Oscar Tavares died. Uh, the two of them were very close, and uh, Martinez changed his uniform number from forty four to eighteen in honor of uh, of Tavares, and that was you know that doesn't get you a little bit that you're. Yeah cold-hearted you're just dead inside i am a cold-hearted monster and and that still you know gets me a little choked up um the other thing is every short dominican right-hander on his twitter profile by the way is still him uh celebrating with Tavares. oh god that is not the direction i thought i (laughs) thought it was <laughs> I thought it was no, going to be it's porn. very sweet. Very, okay. very, very sweet and touching. Yeah, you know, he contains multitudes apparently. Indeed. And uh yeah, he's one of like every short Dominican right-hander gets the Pedro Martinez comp and he's I think he earned it more than most other guys Absolutely. do. Uh, you know, he's there was there was a non-zero possibility that that was going to be who he turned into and he's I don't you know, he's not there even though he's a very good pitcher. Um but yeah, he's a, another guy like uh like Stroman, one of you know, short hard throwing guy who, you know, has a lot of energy. So very uh So it's my turn or it, is it my turn again or you got anything? Is. No, give us give us your fifth and final starter. All right. I sort of telegraphed this uh by saying he was from Rodon's draft class. Um, and here's another guy I've loved since he was yeah, in college. Yeah, because all of our listeners definitely have everybody's draft class memorized, for sure. They know exactly who you're going to say that not a Is that not a thing that the people uh, know? You're the best. <laughs> Did I just out myself as, as uh. even less cool than people thought I was? <laughs> um, so I've got strong feelings about Aaron Nola. Uh, uh-huh. and, and this is not a Phillies homerism pick at all. He was, 
I, I loved him since he was a freshman at LSU. He's got, you know, the, the herky jerky, uh, you know, weird double jointed elbow motion that leads to just incredible command uh, and incredible. Well, we'll get back to his command after after Sunday, um, but incredible command, a, a really great curveball. I think he's going to be fine in the long run. He's had a, a rough uh, past uh, three or four starts or so, including um an incident on Sunday where he hit three giants, I think in one inning and the giants got so pissed that uh, Johnny Cueto uh, went out and hit a Phillies batter who came around to score the tying run and the Phillies wound up winning the game. So you could, you know, make the argument that even when Nola's command is not on, he's still contributing to his team's effort in, in creative ways. Um, But yeah, maybe he needs a a stint down the minors to get himself straightened out. But I think that'll happen. He's just, he's just never not performed. And uh, he, uh, he has an older brother who's also a professional ball player who uh, has the distinction of wearing his name on the front of his Jersey because he played for AAA new new Orleans, which has a, a, a Nola, uh, alternate jersey so austin nola was playing for playing for the uh the name on the front and back of the jersey what a delightful nugget yeah how charming um michael the last starting pitcher on my list is also a philadelphia philly no way indeed would you care to guess which which one well it's one of two indeed but which I'm going to say Velasquez just because he's incorrect. Think, and that's part, oh, really? of part of why I, going, I love how Jared going Eikhoff like, so much. <laughs> I, part of why I love Jared Eikhoff so much is that he's not Aaron Nola or Vince Velasquez. And so nobody talks about him ever. And he's awesome. He's awesome. I love him. He was he's totally overshadowed on his own team right now, even though he's young and, young and fun and exciting. He was totally overshadowed in the in the Hamels trade. No one was talking about him when they were talking he about him. He wasn't the, that good in the Hamels trade. He was yet, like the like the fourth piece in that trade. And yet here we are, man. Well, how, why don't I, well, I'm going to cheat and let you talk about him because you watch him all the time. How do you feel about him? Where, I actually where does don't he like him that much. Like he's, he's a distant third behind Nolan Velasquez for me. Because he doesn't but strike out as many guys it's not, as Velasquez. Like to some extent, I don't know that. So the the slider's the real interesting thing, you know, and it's the numbers have backed up a little bit. But uh, during the off season, um, uh, a friend of mine looked up the, his Brooks baseball page, and he was getting more whiffs on his slider than uh, Noah Syndergaard was. Uh, yeah, I think that's on, part of what I, I, I think on that he's... slider that like everybody said was going to make Syndergaard better than baseball or better than baseball, <laughs> better than Clayton Kershaw, which is the the same thing. Um stuff is really underrated, I think. It is underrated. And I, I think it kicked up once he got to Philadelphia for reasons that I can't really explain. But yeah, I'm not, you know, I, I think he's definitely number three in that pecking order behind Nolan Velasquez. You know, there was that so, two-game stretch. Disagree the, a little bit. Yeah, that's fine. There was that two-game stretch at the end of last season where he had the, the back-to-back 10K games, yeah. right? And that was when I fell in love. Um, this year, he actually doesn't have a double-digit strikeout game yet. No. But I don't know, man. I think the stuff is there, and I think that there's a chance, partially just because of the injury concerns with Velasquez. You, you know I'm very fond of Nola. I mean, we've talked about him mm. before. I think it's actually possible that I said he was my favorite of the three like two weeks ago and I'm now just completely contradicting myself. I love them all. What can I say? I'm just so fond of them all. Um, but I don't know. I think that I think that there's a chance that in five years, 
maybe in 10 years we're saying that Eikhoff was, was the best of the bunch and that he puts together the best career maybe not but I enjoy watching him he's a he's a delight I yeah, thought you'd be pleased a, no it's I mean <laughs> he's right. good okay. yeah I'm, I'm 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 pleased that you picked a Philly that, that somebody's enjoying that team right now indeed indeed what well, should we should we talk about some relievers yeah all right um so this uh, this pick is for I picked a middle reliever and a closer. I believe those were the the rules that we laid down. Uh, if I'm making that up and you didn't, that's totally fine because I might have picked this guy anyway. Um, and he is uh, a man who was traded for um, for Jared Eikhoff, and that's Jake Diekman, who was the the throw in in that that Hamels trade. Um, I've been watching a lot of Texas Rangers baseball. Uh, not only because they're relatively local, but because I was down there this weekend and uh, got to to see all those guys up close. And uh, Jake Diekman is one one of the best ping pong players I've ever seen in my life. Um, two, uh, uh, one of the Texas Rangers uh, beat writers, uh, Levi Weaver for WFAA, does a thing where he asks people around the team for music recommendations and then puts them all, you know, puts that in his article and he's got a list. And I was looking at that list. Deekman's on there twice. And, uh, his two recommendations were Sturgill Simpson's last album and, uh, an old gaslight Anthem album. And I think that's the closest any baseball players come to having the exact same musical taste as me. So that's, you know, the off the field stuff is just all there for Deekman. And then you put him on the mound. He's got this weird Chris sale, like delivery with, you know, the, the lefty side armor throws, you know, upper nineties. And this season has started getting right-handers out too. And it's like, you know, he's not just, I think worst case scenario with that stuff and that delivery, he was just going to be a terrifying loogie. And now he's, you know, a reliable eighth inning guy for uh, a team with I, with the best record in baseball. So I'm I'm pleased to see Deekman uh, come good. I uh, really came close to actually adding him to my list last night after huh. you shared the oh yeah the <gasps> completely amazing Game of Thrones video that he and uh and who else was in it, it was dyson it was, yeah sam dyson and tony barnett yeah. and i think bobby wilson the the backup catcher was in there and uh, for a little bit basically they're all obsessed with with game of thrones and completely nerded out for for a few minutes talking about it so i i like that a lot and i i almost put him on my list but i you know i figured if you were sending that my way there was a chance that he was on your radar yeah. um my my non-closer pick is maybe a little obvious uh because this person is has been good for a long time and is famous and signed a very lucrative contract and is rich um but i don't care i'm still gonna go with it andrew miller who is just one of my he's one of my absolute favorite not just baseball players but professional athletes to watch when he is pitching i want to watch him pitch his the, the way that his ball moves it's like it looks like it's bending time. I, I cannot get enough of it. He, of course, was briefly, very briefly, a Baltimore Oriole. And so I, I really got to enjoy watching him for that time. Though and then I got to resent him because he had come from a rival and cost the Orioles Eduardo Rodriguez, one of their top pitching prospects at the time, in that trade. So that that guy is now a division rival. And then Miller promptly signed with the Yankees, another mm-hmm. division rival. So I have all these reasons to hate him. And yet I don't because I'm so in awe of his stuff. I really wish that 
he was in a situation where he got to to close consistently. I think that he'd be among the more dominant closers in the game. And, you know, it's fun to watch him in a setup role, but I feel like he's a, a little undervalued and that the situation that he's in is not necessarily ideal for him. And plus, uh, you get to make Tate happy because he's a former North Carolina Tar Heel. That's right. Tate's, so, Tate's, Tate's doing a little like a little golf clap <laughs> on the other side of the room right now. Um, my favorite Andrew Miller um, <clears throat> uh, stat right now is that would you like to would you like to guess at his strikeout rate? How many? What percentage of of Andrew Miller at bats end in strikeouts? Let me think for a minute. Let me think. I'm going to say uh, 45%. 50.8. <laughs> you are more likely than not to strike out against Andrew Miller it's this unbelievable. year. unbelievable. Second, second is Dylan Batances uh, at 46.5. And so... And I guess Chapman just hasn't thrown enough innings to show up on this leaderboard. I don't know what the, the cutoff is, but those two are six percentage points ahead of any non-Yankee. It's just unbelievable what the two of them are doing. And uh, yeah, I, I would I would support Miller's great. <laughs> All my right, closer, closer, my closer is Mark Melanson. Um, <laughs> my. Uh... Why is that funny? You're the best. I just what? I just <laughs> cherish you so much. <laughs> like, oh. He looks like um That's the most patronizing thing anybody's ever said to me. What's weird I, about I meant Mark it with, with such genuine affection though. Uh okay. my, my favorite thing about Mark Melanson before you even start is that he looks like um the actor who played Jacob on Lost. Continue. Okay, I didn't see Lost. But What? Uh, Michael. Is this what we're going to talk about now? I haven't seen that. No, we're never going to talk again. Okay. Okay. Come on. We're done. All right. Well, I'm just going to put this in the bank for my next podcast partner. (laughs) Um, Mark Melanson uh, throws like a cutter slider thing that is just like at his, he's not at his peak anymore. And I'll freely admit that. But it was, um, it was just, I, it was one of those pitches you just look at and like, how does anybody ever hit this? Because it was like 92. It was like the the Matt Bush or, or Noah Syndergaard slider right now, back when everybody couldn't throw one of those. Uh, the second thing I like about him is uh, he had uh, during the – uh, the heyday of uh, the scores getting blanked podcast, which is my favorite baseball podcast ever, not including this one. Uh, they bestowed him with the nickname, the Allegheny river strangler, which Amazing. makes me. Yeah. Just like, I don't know how you can look past a, a nickname like that. So he's, that's just made him that much more enjoyable for me over the years. And uh, he is right now fifth in the the National League in saves with a 148 ERA, which I absolutely love. And he's striking out 7.1 batters per nine inning and allowing only 3.2% uh, of his fly balls to turn into home runs, which means that this is not going to last, but I'm enjoying the heck out of it while it does. Michael... You didn't think that we were going to get through this podcast without me talking about an Oriole, did you? I did not. I actually, yeah. <laughs> even a, even a podcast about pitchers, I'm going to find a way. Bet, yeah, I would have. I would have bet big on on this guy. 
My closer is Zach Britton, to the surprise of absolutely no one. Um, Zach Britton is really, really good at, at throwing baseballs. He is an elite closer in the game right now. He should be. I still think he should be starting. So this is a, a daily struggle for me. Whenever I watch him, I I am filled with joy because he's dominant and awesome. And then I'm filled with sadness because I think of what could have been. I just think they gave up on him being a starter way too soon, and it, it still it still bothers me. But I am willing to cherish the fact that he is uh, such a dominant closer and that he is excelling so much in a bullpen role. He, he His sinker is one of the best pitches in baseball. I think actually, you know, Saris named it the best pitcher in baseball, I believe, Uh in the offseason, he did an article ranking the best pitches, and he had Britain's, uh, Britain's sinker atop the list. And the Masson, <laughs> the Masson advertising campaign is really absurd in general. Masson is uh, is the regional sports network yeah. that airs Orioles games, and you know I have the I have the national package, so I get to watch the local broadcasts. And one of the things that's that's so entertaining about it is seeing all of the Masson spots where they do these really weird things where they try to make it sound like someone on the Orioles is just as good as the best player on the other team. And every now and then it's legit, and every now and then they're comparing like you know so they talk Chris about Manny Machado. Well, no, that's the thing, like because that would <laughs> oh, make really? sense. But like I, you know, I, I I don't know which one. I haven't seen the one they're doing for the Dodgers yet, but I, I guarantee you. They're going to be like, Clayton Kershaw dominates the competition. Mark Trumbo dominates the baseball. And it's like, no, you can't do that. But but the reason I started talking about Madison is that they do have this entire campaign built around the ESPN article that anointed Britain's sinker the best pitch in baseball. And it's very, very funny because it is it's like, you know, Kershaw, this sale, this. Verlander this and then they end with basically uh, attempting to make it sound like Zach Britton is the best pitcher currently alive um, you know not not exactly true but I do think that this, this one pitch is really worth celebrating and toasting and recognizing and uh, he's been the best part of a really good bullpen for the last few years and a mm-hmm. really really key reason that the Orioles are, are contenders I love him lefty relievers indeed him and him and Miller both Indeed. I have a I have a, a weakness for lefty relievers. What can I say? All right. Should we very, very quickly give a little okay. love to the men wearing the pajamas and shiny outerwear in the in yeah, the dugout? Old, old men in costumes. Very quickly. A, very yeah. quickly. Why don't you give me your pitching coach and manager of, okay. uh, of your heart? So very quickly, uh, I can't believe that this guy's even on the table. There's about half a dozen pitching coaches who uh, are sort of recognized as miracle workers. Like they teach everybody the one pitch or they, you know, Ray Searge can take any, um, you know, he can take Jay Happ and turn him into a guy who gets a, a $38 million contract, I think is what it was. Um But because there are so many of them now, everybody's talking about, the the new faces and not the original and the original is don cooper of the white Sox, the uh the original miracle worker and i think like he's in a in a spot right now where like you know in in the nba everybody's looking for reasons to say that someone other than lebron is the best best player in basketball and occasionally like oh you know it's durant for a couple years or curry for a couple years but you know 
deep down we all know it's LeBron and we just need something to talk about. And that's that's how Don Cooper became underrated. So Don Cooper is my pitching coach. Uh, my manager is AJ Hinch of the uh, Houston Astros. I think, like, even if if this were just best manager in baseball, I think he's the best manager in baseball. Wow, uh, he is. Yeah, I, w- I would take him over Madden right now. I think this this is not so I'm much stunned. an indictment of of Joe Madden's uh, managerial capabilities so much as I I tire of his uh, corporate um, team building exercise. Uh, you know. You tire of his uh, having fun and being interesting. It's it's organized fun. It's like <laughs> so are parties, man. Everyone likes no, a party. I don't know what parties you're going to. My, my parties I, I, I go to are extremely disorganized. I do not go to parties. I, I go home like at the a, end of the night and cuddle with my cat in pajamas and then go to bed. Continue. Yeah, it's, but if it's, if it's a party, it's like um, like a, a kid's birthday party at a. Uh, um, you know, uh, an indoor gymnastics facility or something like, oh, you, know, you know, we're going to we're going to bounce on the trampoline for 20 minutes and then we're going to have cake for 10 minutes and then we're going to bounce on the trampoline again. And then we're going to throw up because we just ate cake and <laughs> bounced on the trampoline. And that's that's sort of where I'm at right now with Madden. Um, A.J. Hinch, I think, is the only person in baseball who is qualified to be both a field manager and a general manager. Uh, he's extremely smart. I think I'm so happy he got. Uh, another chance with um uh with the with the Astros after that sort of, sort of bizarre sort of slapdash uh stint in Arizona where I don't think he ever really uh found his footing but I think his his uh and I, I talked about this with with Marwin Gonzalez but he just he puts his players he doesn't marry himself to uh, to players in certain roles, he just puts his players where their strengths will be maximized and their weaknesses will be minimized. So he platoons a lot. He uh, uh, does a lot of uh, um, defensive replacements and pinch hitting, pinch running. Like he's active in a way that that gets the best out of his players. And you know, he just sort of comes off as trustworthy. Like you know, I'd be okay if 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 you know if he were my dad like that, you know, it seems, he just seems appropriately dad like, and, uh, and it's very smart. And I, uh, can't speak highly enough about him. My pitching coach is Mickey Calloway, Cleveland Indians. That's a good one too. And partially because there was a point in this exercise where I realized that I could have picked an Indian for every single spot on, on this list. And, He's a big reason why. I love pretty much everyone in that rotation. The Cleveland Indians starting rotation right now is the the most fun thing happening in baseball other than what's happening at shortstop for the Cleveland Indians. Like, it's just, it's awesome. It's so fun. I, obviously, no one on this podcast or at the ring or whatever look to ERA as anything other than an outdated metric. However, I do think it's still worth noting that before he took over in 2012, the Indians ranked 29th in Team ERA. Since he took over, 2013, that's gone up to 15th, 2014, 14th, 2015, 8th, and currently this year, 6th. Steady improvement every year, working with a lot of young, talented guys. I mean, Danny Salazar, he, he you know, I could have easily picked him over, over Bauer for basically all of the same reasons. Um, 
working with a lot of young guys with electric stuff and it's clicking right now and it's awesome mm-hmm. and uh i'm gonna break my own rule and pick a second oriole because my manager's buck sorry i am who i am don't hate me i can't help it i just love him you said that you'd be happy with just your dad i want buck to be my grandfather and to uh just teach me the ways of the world and uh tell tell me and tell manny machado that it's okay to punch your donovantura in the face it's really all i want it really is okay to punch your dano in the face there's a i got i think i I kind of signed this a couple years ago at Grantland. Uh, the 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 complete history of Buck Showalter is a troll. Yes, that was last year. It was amazing. Yeah, he's a uh, well. Thank you, but I <laughs> you know I thought it was okay myself. But yeah, he's. It, I I think you can. Um, you could take issue with with some individual moves that he makes, but he's yeah, uh, it's but on, on the whole, like you know. I he's absolutely easy to get attached to him. Yeah, there's not usually more than two or three days that go by without me, without Buck doing something that leads to me texting my dad to say, like, what's Buck doing here? But it doesn't really affect the way I feel about him. And one of the other reasons, in addition to being able to enjoy the delightful local advertising that I'm happy I have the Masson feed is because I can I can camp on it and watch his postgame interview which is just mm. always a treat, always a treat. What a guy. The deadpan delivery never disappoints. And neither do you, Michael. No. This was a thrill, as always. You were you were the all-star of my heart, Mallory. Oh. Oh. I was just going to say the same thing about oh, you. Really? <laughs> oh, really? Delightful. All right, before we get too sappy, let's say goodbye. You're the best. Have a wonderful no, day. Tell Ollie. I said hello. Ali is Ali is Michael's cat. In case anyone's wondering, and uh, I'm gonna assume you want me to tell Halo that you say hello. Halo is my yeah. cat. In case you uh, guys are wondering, Halo and I are kind of fighting right now. <sighs> never, never. All right, now we are going to talk to Andy Barons, fantasy expert from Yahoo Sports. We told you guys earlier about the awesome contest for Ringer MLB show listeners, and Andy's gonna come on and uh, tell us a little bit more about how the contest works and some general tips and guidelines for playing Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Joining us now, Andy Barons, Yahoo fantasy sports expert. Andy, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Hey, man. Thanks for thanks for joining us. It's a, it's a treat to have you here. So we are just going to spend a few minutes chatting about Yahoo Dan- Daily Fantasy and going over some things, explaining some things to the listeners who might not be as familiar, sharing some of your expertise and some of your tips. So I think for starters, it would be helpful to just do a quick primer for the listeners who maybe haven't given Daily Fantasy a go. What do they need to know? What should they expect? Are there any general strategy tips for the less familiar player? For, you know, one thing I'm wondering, for example, does it does it make sense to spend big on pitching or hitting? Does it make more sense to take right. risks or play it safe? What kind of tips can you offer? Oh, what a so uh, what a good question and a and a totally loaded question. So, hey man, um, thank you. <laughs> yeah, for, so for for people who haven't sampled it at all, um, it's I mean it's the same it, like it's fantasy sports, right? Just compressed over a ridiculous one day timeline, right? Like so, <laughs> all the all the thinking that you would go through to to build a lineup that could that you're fairly confident would be good over a, over a full season, right? You're just you're putting that into one day, and a lot of crazy stuff can happen in one day of major league. 
baseball, right? Like <laughs> you, you, you can, you can buy hitters who hit four absolute rockets that get caught by fielders. I mean, that's, that's kind of the beauty and the horror of baseball, right? So, um, <laughs> it, but it's basically, if you're familiar with fantasy baseball, you, you are familiar with daily fantasy baseball and don't really even realize it. Um, the most important thing I would say to any fantasy player generally is to know the rules of the game that you're playing. And so this is a, uh, this is a, a points-based thing. Um, every, every positive event and some negative events have a uh, point value associated with them, right? So your a batter hits a home run, that's eight points, uh, uh, a double, I think is four points, a stolen base is four points. And you, you're obviously just trying to, to, to score the most points out of a, out of a standard lineup. It's basically just a standard, um, one through nine lineup. You've got a couple of pitchers though. Um, so you're starting two pitchers and that, and they're the most expensive players on your team. They right. will score the most points for your team. Um, you can't screw that up. Like you can screw up a couple of other spots on a lineup, but you just can't, you can't expect to win really even a private contest with like 10 or 12 players, but you're certainly not going to, you're not going to win or place in any sort of, um, you know, thousand person contest uh, uh, without two pitchers who excel. And we have, um, you know, we, we, we have a choice in front of us on Friday because Clayton Kershaw is on the mound and it's yes. like he's, he's, uh, you so know. I, so. I was going to ask you about that because he's carrying a $63 tag, but he's also carrying a, a day-to-day label. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so he's, uh, as we speak, he's, he's perhaps, uh, uh, you know, being examined like right now, right? Like right. he has, uh, this looming back issue, which, um, could certainly affect him on Friday. Um, in almost all contests when Clayton Kershaw is on the mound, I- I'm starting Clayton Kershaw. Right. Like some of the thinking in daily fantasy sports is often, um, who, who has the best shot to have a great day and will not be owned by everyone like right. that? That's often the way you want to think. Um, Clayton, Clayton Kershaw is like where all of this stuff breaks down because um, oftentimes you just you can't possibly hope to place without having Clayton Kershaw in your lineup. My, my dog is barking her agreement in the background. Um, so, uh, the, I mean, the thing with Kershaw, the pitching scoring in our game in most daily fantasy games is uh, driven by how deep do you pitch in the game? Did you get a win? How many did you strike out? And how many did you walk? There's going to be a deduction for walks. And like Clayton Kershaw is, is the best pitcher on the planet, one of the best pitchers of all time. Uh, and, and so the guy goes deep into games, which results in a lot of wins. He strikes out over a batter per inning, right? Like he's, he's perfectly suited for our game. So it, it is going to be very difficult for me to not start a healthy Clayton Kershaw or even a moderately tweaked <laughs> Clayton Kershaw on Friday. He's like, he's a guy that you start almost anywhere, you know, like a really good day for a pitcher in Yahoo daily fantasy, like a really good day is like 30 points. And Clayton Kershaw already has a bunch of 40 and 50 point days. Wow. Um, so when, when he starts, I, I basically always roll with him. That makes sense. Can't argue with that logic. Um, we, we, we call, you know, Kershaw the, the no-brainer, but you wouldn't necessarily call him an unusually good value. Are there players who you would identify heading into the Friday contest as unusually good values right now? 
Yeah, I, I will say sometimes you sometimes you almost don't want to get distracted too much by the prices associated with players because this whole game is finding people who you don't think are going to be owned by everyone who could reasonably have really big days, right? So um, you, you do look for bargains relative to their um, relative to the the salary assigned the player, but you also have to think about guys who are just not going to be in everybody's lineup. Um, just just looking down the Friday slate, um, the, the simplest thing to do in uh in daily fantasy sports and you know you'll have your hits your hits and misses with it but um picking on bad pitchers right and we uh, we we talked about clayton kershaw being in action on friday there's a lot of dreadful pitchers (laughs) in action on friday right like we've got um jaleese justine out there for the for the angels um you know we've got matt garza on the mound we've got a lot of people that you can reasonably pick on uh in this one so i like that a lot so we have you know various cardinals out there have just pounded matt garza over the years matt matt adams is really good against him brandon moss has been really good against him those two guys are like 15 bucks johnny peralta is 17 for 37 with a couple of homers in his career against uh against garza and peralta is only nine dollars so he's really easy to fit into a lineup um, I mentioned Chassin being in action. Almost every Red Sox hitter is going to be on the board for me um, uh, under serious consideration. You know, Stephen Wright is probably opposing him on Friday. He feels like a likely winner to me. Mm-hmm. He's forty six dollars. You know, if you wanted to go with a really good but not Kershaw level pitcher who has a great shot at a win, um, Stephen Wright fits the bill. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at Adrian Gonzalez is $9. He has a tremendous history against uh, Jorge De La Rosa, the Rockies starter. 17 for 48 lifetime against him, six doubles, three homers. You would like It's a lefty-lefty thing, so maybe you wouldn't think that Gonzalez would be a great matchup, but we have a lot of history between these two, and, right. and Gonzalez has absolutely crushed him. Um, Shelby Miller is is on the mound, and he's been terrible this year, too. Like Legitimately yeah. horrible. Um, trust so I'm me. Looking trust at, me. I drafted him. I'm aware. <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm not. I'm not even sure that there it's were a lot hard. of. I, th- I think there were fantasy experts that were that were kind of sort of advising against it, but I don't think anybody could see um, exactly how bad he was going to be. And this has really been awful. Um, I'm looking at. I'm looking at Denard Span against him. Uh, Span is eleven dollars. Um, Span is coming off a game in which he homered. He reached base three times. Um, one nice thing about Miller, uh, he's easy to steal a base off. So yes. uh, Span's got a little bit of that in his game. Uh, Miller, at least last year, was among the leaders in. In steals allowed. So uh, I think Span is going to be a nice play at that price. And I'll give you one more pitcher that I really like is uh, is Ian Kennedy. He's $44. So that's that's almost $20 less than Kershaw. He's facing Philadelphia and the Phillies, as probably everyone knows, have not exactly been a run scoring juggernaut, right? They're, um, they're last in baseball and on base percentage as a team. They're next to last in runs scored. So really easy path to a win for Ian Kennedy. And he's obviously a guy that can get you strikeouts as well what about um the thing that i just selfishly want to talk about as as an (laughs) oriole fan (laughs) regardless of whether anyone else is interested so my o's are uh are going to be facing the the mariners on friday and wade leblanc will be pitching and uh basically every player on the orioles uh is like averaging a home run per at bat. That's obviously right. not true, but that's what it feels like right now. That just the home runs are are constant. Does it make more sense in a case like that where a team is on fire and everyone seems to be getting in on the action to try to get a maybe bargain like someone like JJ Hardy at eight bucks who 
was robbed of a homer by Melvin Upton last night and, and might be sort of finding his swing again or to spend like $23 on someone like Adam Jones, who is going to cost more, but is more of a guarantee for production and is absolutely on fire right now. Yeah, it's funny. You would, you would love to be able to stack a bunch of or like so. Uh, oftentimes, you'll hear people who haven't played a lot of this game. You'll hear you'll hear uh, experts. You'll hear players talk about stacking against a certain pitcher. That that really just means you're starting like two, three, four players from one team against uh, in a friendly matchup, right? Because you're you, you know you're going to get some runs somewhere. Um, it's probably going to come from the heart of the order. It's pro- you right. know there's probably going to be multiple people contributing. the The difficult thing about stacking Orioles is that they're all twenty. Like you, you <laughs> named the one bargain Oriole, I right. think, right? Like yeah. Hardy at eight bucks is great. I was, um, I'll tell you, I was rolling with, uh, with scope in, in lineups almost all year. And now all of a sudden he's $20. Johnny baseball, minty fresh. Uh, can't he's, hold him back. Yeah, like he's he's so, like he's so limited in so many ways, and yet um, the power All is right, totally we're, we're, legit. We're in a fight. We're in a fight. That didn't take long. <laughs> Like he's not—it's not like the guy lives on base or anything, right? But the uh, but the batting average itself is going to be good, and he's for sure going to end up with like 25, 30 home runs this year. Um, he's been he's been so productive in daily, and the and the the price in our game finally matches the production, right? So right. he's twenty bucks. Davis is over twenty bucks. Adam Jones is over twenty bucks. So it's hard to pile these guys up, but I but I really like the thought with uh, with Hardy because it is a friendly matchup. Um, he, he is a he is a good player in a great lineup. Um, so that's a that's a really good call. It's hard to find bargains in that roster, but uh, but that is one of them. All right, and then what what about the opposite extreme? Who are who are some guys who might be overowned and thus worth avoiding? Well, it's so you know predicting the 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 performance of any one batter in any one game is, is so hard, right? Like it's so difficult. Um, again, a guy can really strike the ball well and have nothing to show for it. Um, so I, I am looking at a handful of super expensive players with, you know, and when, I, when I'm talking about expensive players, I suppose it's like, it's like $20 and over $22 and over in our game. So Carlos Gonzalez is going to be $25 starting against uh, potentially Clayton Kershaw. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a dreadful matchup and uh, <laughs> a really a hopeless matchup for Gonzalez. So you don't want to throw money around like that. My, my tendency is to just never throw money at, you know, like Will Myers right now is $27 and Will Myers is having a wonderful season, um, a wonderful month. Um, he's not a $27 player. Like he's not a guy who should be in my world should not be a more expensive player than guys like Trout than guys like Harper, but that's where he's at right now. He's the most expensive bat in the game. It's so hard to fit a $27 bat into your lineup. If you're spending, you know, 90 plus on pitching as most people will, um, that's just really tough to do. So I don't think I would go with milk with, uh, Will Myers. It's usually the, the, these pricier guys that I'm not going to touch. I I would say the same of, uh, Brian. Dozier. I just don't think he's a $24 player legitimately. Okay. Any other final tips or pointers or or guidelines that, uh, that the, the money hungry (laughs) encourage people to to take advantage of contests like the one that we have going for the for the ringer right like this yeah. is free money um people <laughs> which, like free like, money any, people like yeah, free any, money. anytime you can encounter something like this like you know unlikely that you win the thousand dollars for first place that right but um there 
almost everybody, if, if you're trying in this thing, is going to get a buck, is going to get three bucks, right? Like there's so many spots paid out in this contest. Um, so this is just a great way to get into daily. And and uh, I would encourage people, I guess, the way, the way that I most enjoy playing the game is um, private contests with a handful of friends, right? Like set up a 10-person contest, um, build your lineups that way. And it, it, it has the exact same vibe of traditional season-long fantasy sports. So that's right. the way I enjoy playing. And uh, uh, I, I think we have a great platform on which to on which to play awesome well thank you so much for joining us and for uh for for sharing your pearls of wisdom and uh you know <laughs> i'm sure everyone who's uh who's listening is looking forward to, to taking your money so thanks for the time and uh, <laughs> good luck to you hey thanks again for having me all right michael we've given the listeners a lot of excellent daily fantasy advice we have given them a lot of insight into why we are crazy people and we have discovered that we are the all-stars of each other's hearts. So thank you for another great show. Thank you for being yourself at all moments and at all times. And thank you for always, always loving college baseball and the draft. That was also lovely. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> Until next week. 